We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Setting the Pace. I am Mike Focci. I am joined today by my main man, Alex Golden, taking the call from work today. That's how committed we are. Alex, how you doing? Oh, good, yeah. So if anybody from work's listening, I just want to let you know I'm recording this during my lunch break, so don't freak out. But yeah, I'm on my lunch break right now, but a lot of things to discuss, Foch. so we had to squeeze it in here since I'm going to be super busy today. Yeah, no, a lot of things, but a lot of exciting things. And one of those is the Pacers head coach search. They named about 14 of 15 names, so it is a wide search. I definitely like the idea that, you know, the front office is open to anyone and everyone. You know, coaches with a lot of experience or maybe young up-and-comers, I feel like you cannot just narrow down on one head coach. So, Alex, what's your early thoughts on a list of about 15 different coaches? Yeah, so it was kind of uh, kind of crazy to see Woj tweet out all those names, and we knew that the Pacers were going to do their due diligence with, uh, you know, interviewing guys. But some of the names on here, like, are guys that I'm not really familiar with. Some are names that I've seen float around. Uh, I, I think one name that everybody was talking about was Becky Hammond, obviously, because she's the only female candidate right now that's being interviewed for a head coaching job. And Dave Yeager was atop the list as well that Woj re- reported on in his first tweet uh, on, on Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday afternoon. So those two names stick out to me. Dave Yeager is an interesting name because he's really pretty good X's and O's wise, but he's just not had a great re- relationship with the two front offices that he's worked with so i mean i give him props i mean here's the thing they're doing their due diligence by doing all these interviews it doesn't mean anything you know it just means these are guys and girls that pique their interest and and they want to get their you know pick their brains and see what they can do but they're not just you know like like we've done previously with uh, with our coaching searches just not really done the due diligence and just hire the next man up in a sense yeah, no, I, I definitely like the idea of casting a wide net. They'll be able to narrow it down. And sure, you know, don't rule out anyone because we've seen some coaches, 
you know, up and comers like for instance Nick Nurse, everyone's looking for that next Nick Nurse. And I feel that's like that's a tongue that, twister. Yeah. That's a tongue twister. It, it, Say that like is. five times. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to try it. It could get ugly. But I remember when when the Raptors moved on from Dwayne Casey, I was like, Whoa, you just fired the coach of the year because he couldn't beat LeBron. And then the next thing you know, they actually win the championship. Various factors went into that. LeBron going to the West, Kawhi coming over to the Raptors. <laughs> but in the end, the move paid off. It, it was a it was a risky move. They rolled the dice, and I think a lot of teams now are, are saying, hey, someone's, someone has to give someone their first start. There's got to be a first for everything. So yeah. some of the guys the Pacers are looking at, you know, while it's it could be a little bit risky, I think the risk could be worth the reward. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think, you know, um, the name that I was really surprised to see on this list of the uh, the first names that Woj retweeted or shared with us was uh, Jacques Vaughn. I, I couldn't believe that he was actually on the list because it was just announced that he was going to be the assistant head coach for Steve Nash. Now, I get it. He obviously still wants a head coaching gig, but it was surprising to me because I, I just assumed, oh, hey, he's kind of off the table now because – they're going to pair him with Steve Nash with this Brooklyn roster. So to see the Pacers get an interview with him was kind of shocking. But yeah, I mean, there's I've heard the name Stephen Silas uh, mentioned a lot in our uh, in our comments below from people. Uh, Chris Quinn and Dan Craig, also Miami guys. Will Hardy was a San Antonio guy that was interesting. And then of course Darvin Ham and Charles Lee are two names that have been floating around from Milwaukee. Pat Delaney from Orlando. That's a that's an interesting guy. I believe he does. He's in charge of their X's and O's for late game execution. So. That's something the Pacers definitely could <laughs> use. We've seen the past couple of years how they've really struggled in that department. Really going back to Vogel's days, he struggled in that department as well. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at this entire list, uh, it's it's quite interesting and very intriguing. It really is. Jock Vaughn was a bit of a head-scratcher for me also. Uh, I think yeah. the Nets, because they did replace him so quickly, I feel like they're probably you know fine granting him the opportunity to interview for the Pacers job. I don't think that that's the route that I want to go. Uh, Jock Vaughn, I feel like, you know, he needs more experience. I feel like him being a associate head coach with the Nets is probably a great spot for him after being their interim head coach. So I kind of like to pass there. Dave Yeager, you know, great with Memphis. I mean, he holds uh, the highest winning percentage of team history for them. Didn't work out in Sacramento, but who has worked out in Sacramento? So I'm not going to blame him too much. But I also feel like if you sign Jaeger, you're kind of capping yourself at, like, he's a pretty good coach, but, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to find maybe a potential diamond in the rough there. Uh, yeah. One name also there, uh, David Vanderpool, Timberwolves associate head coach. Mm, I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about him, but uh, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that intrigued there with anything coming out of Minnesota, you know, a team that was – very rough this year. Probably going to be pretty rough next year, but it should be a little bit better. Uh, the Trailblazers associate head coach, Nate Tibetz. Uh, I don't need another coach named Nate with ties to the Trailblazers. Not going to lie. Uh, no, oh, that's, that's so good. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that, man. <laughs> no, no, no knock on him. I, I'm sure he's probably a great, you know, a potential up-and-coming coach, but I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely like what they're doing over in Portland. A lot of injuries this year, but... Good run to the Western Conference Finals last year. Becky Hammond is a name that jumps off the uh, the page for me. And Dan Craig. 
those are two guys that I, not guys, a guy and a girl that I am very intrigued with. I think they're going to be strong candidates for the Patriots. Yes. Dan yes. Craig was one of the first names brought out. I feel like for interviewing for the Pacers job. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you that aren't familiar with Dan Craig, I was diving into uh, him a little bit. Eric Spolstra Jr., I like to call him, because think about this, Alex. He's been an assistant under Spolstra for seven years. But before that, dating back to 2004, he served as their video coordinator, a page straight out of Spolstra's book, a man who's worked his way all the way from the bottom to all the way now, potentially a head coaching gig. So very impressive with that. But what also impressed me even more and obviously had me thinking Nick Nurse-like, G League head coach led them to a title in 2015-2016, also coach of the year that year. So I feel like for for where he's at in his career, it seems like he's excelled in each spot. We've seen the Heat, you know, have a, a ton of success this year. And also, you know, they're they're a team that doesn't typically bottom out. Like they've they've been very competitive for a long time. So I like that background for Dan Craig. All signs point to yeah. he's definitely an up and comer. Right. And I think a lot of these coaches on this list are uh, up and comers, right? You know, a lot of them haven't even been given a chance at a head coaching gig. So that makes a big difference. That's why you do kind of get that Nick Nurse vibe, you know, trying to find that next one because there's no like record to go off. There's, there's nothing to kind of be like, oh, this is the kind of style of offense they play. This is what they're going to do defensively. You're not really sure. So they, they have their own thoughts and, and what they've learned. You know, the Popovich tree, you've got the Spolstra tree, a tree. There are some Carlisle disciples in there that were listed. So, you know, it's just kind of curious what, what would happen. And so I have to ask you this because later on Wednesday night, around 10, 11, I can't even remember what time it was, Woj dropped another bomb where he came out and said that Chauncey Billups has emerged as a candidate uh in the coach in the Pacers coaching search. And he, he'd had a whole article on it, went an in-depth thing about it. I got to ask you, Foch, when that came out, number one, because it was a solo article just on Chauncey Billups, do you think that that indicates that the Pacers have more interest in him than they do the other names that he mentioned previously? I don't know. I feel like, Chauncey Billups is a name that that pops. It pops off the page. So I feel like I I don't, you know, I don't blame him for getting his own separate article compared to all these other uh, head coaching candidates. I feel like Billups is someone who's actually been rumored for a front office position in the past. Was nearly uh, a head coach in um, the Big Three a couple of years ago. Um, so I feel like he's had that coaching bug for for a bit now. Our generation grew up watching Billups, and obviously, being a Pacer fan, unfortunately, you know we came on the short end a few times to Billups. Uh, most importantly, you know when Detroit won the championship with Chauncey as their starting point guard. Um, I think he's definitely going to be, you know, like they said, a serious candidate. But without any head coaching experience, what are your thoughts? Because we're seeing former point guards pop up left and right as head coaches. Right, so we mentioned Steve Nash earlier got the Brooklyn Nets job as a as a former point guard. Uh, recently, point guards that we've seen get jobs are you know Ty Lue, um, Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers, Jason Kidd. You know, former Pacer Earl Watson was a, a coach for a little bit there. We mentioned Jacques Vaughn. Um, obviously, Isaiah Thomas was a Pacers coach at one point. Nate McMillan, 
I went back and counted. I mean, it, Derek it's like Fisher. Fisher Fisher's was another gross, one. but he got one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think when you go back and look at former point guards in the NBA that have been given a chance to be a head coach, I mean, Danny Ainge was a head coach for a little bit. So, it's kind of funny because you got different ranks. You got like Magic Johnson, arguably the greatest point guard of all time. And then you got guys like Derek Fisher who are getting position or coaching positions. So, really, it's an intriguing thing. It's pretty balanced. I mean, I went through and looked. It's about. Uh, 20 to 30 guys that were former point guards, maybe a little bit more than that. I didn't have enough time to do a, a thorough research on that, but a lot of names and a lot of a lot of them were around the 500 mark. Foch, um, we know that with Nate McMillan. So I'm interested. I, I'm not sure what exactly. I think my biggest question going forward is, what style of play do you want to you know do you want to implement here as the head coach of the Pacers, and who do you think you're going to bring as an assistant coach for your offense and for your defense? Because you know, the Pacers obviously have had a lot of love for Dan Burke. He's been there for 20-plus years. Does Chauncey want to keep Dan Burke, or does he want to move in a different direction? Does does he want to bring in an offensive guru? Because reports from Woj yesterday said, or rumors from Woj, were Ty Lue wanted Chauncey to be his assistant head coach. So I think the one thing you can say about Chauncey Billups, though, is he definitely does meet one check. He, he checks off one box that uh, Kevin Pritchard said he wanted, and that was someone that communicates and relates to the players. And in that report or that column that Woj wrote, he said that he's had good relationships with Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo, which I think could be a huge selling point if the Pacers are adamant in trying to keep those two together for the long haul. No, that's a great point, and that's definitely very important. I mean, I think – I think everybody kind of feels the same that the Pacers, there's probably a lot of stuff they kept in-house towards the end of the year, but there was there was some issues there. And I feel like a guy like Billups could be someone that all the players, you know, just like you mentioned, they could relate to. Just like I mentioned before, they grew up watching him, they respect him, they, they know that this is a championship point guard who's played under really good coaches. I mean, early in his career, Rick Pitino... Larry Brown, George Carl, I mean, winning coaches. I know Patino didn't have a good stint in the NBA, but still a respected coach, you know, in basketball nonetheless. So I feel like he's, you know, he's obviously gone head to head with with the best of them. So very intriguing. Everything determines of who you put around him, just like you mentioned, mm-hmm. because alone I don't know if he's just ready to take a team like the Pacers to try and get to the next level. The thing right here is they're desperately trying to get out of the first round, and it feels like, you know, Billups might not be able to have that one year of kind of learning. It's like, hey, we're trying to we're trying to win now. And it's not to say that, you know, we have a, a championship window of one year, but is going to be a free agent. You know, yeah. you're, you're trying to get – you've been waiting on this team to come together. You've, you've flipped it over a few times, so – if you are going to move with Billups, I'm very curious to see who his assistants would be. I would hope that it would be at least one assistant with head coaching experience, similar to you know what they've done in, in the past and other other situations like you know like you mentioned with Steve Nash, he's at least having Jock Vaughn over there, a guy who was on the fence of being a head coach. Right, right. So I mean, one thing too, Foch, Billups comes from a small market playing with Detroit. We know they're not a big market. Denver is actually a pretty small market, even though they have, you know, some really talented players out there. They're not known to, you know, attract free agents. So I think that Billups would understand the market. He played in the Central Division in the Eastern Conference for a very long time. He's uh, he's well respected around the league, and I think it's I think it's important that we spend a little bit more time on him than the other candidates right now, 
just because he got that entire article to himself. And I, I think that if he's going to come in for like for face-to-face interviews and stuff like that, I do think that they're going to strongly consider him. Now, does that mean that he's the hire? Not necessarily. Um, I still wouldn't rule out Mike D'Antoni, even though that that name's kind of been hush hush. It's like there was a there was a report today, or there was something I heard on a podcast today from Kelly Iko, who is a, a journalist covering the Rockets for the Athletic, and he said it a few weeks ago. But I went back and listened to it, and basically what he said is that if the Rockets don't get out of the second round and make the Western Conference Finals, that they're thinking about blowing the whole thing up. So. That's interesting. Number one, I mean, that means D'Antoni's gone, Daryl Morey's gone, and then you're going to kind of reshape the roster. And who knows what that means for James Harden, the future of the Rockets and all that. But what I'm saying is D'Antoni, I wouldn't rule him out. I don't think the Pacers are going to make any decision yet. Um, Billy Donovan was let go as head coach of the Thunder a couple of days ago as well. So I'm sure the Pacers are doing their you know, research on him and, and probably going to give him an interview because I don't think that they're just taking this lightly. I mean, if they're going to go dig this deep for 15 to 16 coaches that have had very minimal time to, uh, you know, Jacques Vaughn, I think is the only one that has previous head coaching experience, Dave Yeager as well. So, yeah, so, I mean, you're talking 14 different, you know, coaching candidates that have no experience. If they're giving them this much of an opportunity to, uh, you know, audition, I guess you could say, or try out for the job, they're gonna they're gonna allow these other coaches that have a proven background, um, a retread, so to say, to uh, you know get a chance to get an interview. So, um, but Chauncey Phillips, he does intrigue me. I, I know it's a name, so that's probably why I'm intrigued by it. But I think as far as communicating with players, this is one of the reasons why I like him so much. But you know, I'm sure that uh, a lot of people said the same thing about Isaiah Thomas when he was brought in here too. So. Uh, it's just uh, I'm not sure what to what to think on this. I just I want to see who he brings in. Definitely, we we need to wait on that because I think a lot of us are kind of prisoners of the moment. Of like I mentioned, Billups is that name that you look at that list of all guys and you're like, who who who's this? Like Charles Lee on the on the Bucks and Pat Delaney, like what? And then you're like Chauncey Billups. Oh, I know uh, Chauncey Billups. Oh wow, like yeah, Mr. Big Shot. You know, like all of that. He's a very known name, so. It sounds fun. It sounds cool, but you know it is. It is a little bit risky. Um, when you go back to uh, Billy Donovan, I think Billy Donovan needs at least an interview here. Think about the job that he did this year. I know he didn't get it done in the past uh, with the Thunder when you had you know Kevin Durant for I believe it was just one year under Billy Donovan, but then you also had you know the Paul George two years where you didn't get out of the first round. Um, this year they lose in game seven, but expectations were so low coming into this year. The Thunder were expected to be like bottom feeders of the West and they pushed the Rockets to a game seven where they really had a chance to win it at the end. I think if the Thunder make it to the second round and don't even perform well against the Lakers, I mean, you have to feel like Billy Donovan's job is safe, but clearly they know, you know, he's probably not the guy to take him to the next level. Maybe there's something else there um, that that goes against him. But the guy's a, a champion in college. I mean, we haven't seen yeah. many, many coaches make the successful transition from college to the NBA. But the guy won two championships at Florida. I mean, he was a stud coach over there. I believe in him. Um, I think he needs at least an interview for the Pacers. 
Yeah, I mean, at least an interview. I don't necessarily think he's the right hire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not not positive well, there, but let's get the man an interview. Yeah, I mean, because you got you got to think about this because when the Pacers traded Paul uh, Paul George for Oladipo and, and Sabonis, you know, the, the year before that, um, Billy Donovan it was a Westbrook MVP year, I believe. So um, they got eliminated in the first round. They get Paul George, Carmelo Anthony with Russell Westbrook, get eliminated in the first round. The year after that, Dame Lillard sends him home from 500 feet behind the three-point line. Yep. You know, and, and then this year, you know, unfortunately got eliminated in the first round. So the Pacers are trying to get out of the first round. Um, I don't I don't know how Billy Donovan's that guy because you got to think about this. Uh, the only time he was really successful is when he had Kevin Durant and they blew the 3-1 lead to mm-hmm. the Warriors. So – that's my that's my thing with him. He he's proven that he can't get out of the first round. He's proven that he's probably a better college coach than he is an NBA coach. Definitely. It's totally different. And you know, I don't I don't necessarily know where he goes. Um, but I would I would be shocked if he you know doesn't get a job relatively soon. Uh, one team that makes sense is you know right in your backyard are the Washington Wizards if they decide to move on from Scotty Brooks. With uh, Bradley Beal being a you know former Florida Gator, wonder if that connection can make any sense at all. But um, but yeah, so I just I don't know as far as as far as um, D'Antoni goes. I mean, seventy years old does he really make sense here? I don't know. But I, I don't think know either. He's, he's he's an intriguing name because of the offense, right? And I think that's what it boils down to. Like I, one name that's not being floated around anymore is Kenny Atkinson, and. I'm kind of okay with that because I wasn't really a huge fan of Atkinson coming to the Pacers, which will probably shock everybody when he's hired here now. But I just he he's proven that he's able to rebuild bad teams. But is he that coach to get that team from you know that's really good to the next level? I don't know. I think he could be a really valuable assistant head coach. Uh, I would be interested in him being that coach for the Pacers if they went after. Uh, a guy like Chauncey Billups, but yeah, I'm sure, um, I'm sure that they're doing their due diligence. I'm, I, I have no doubt about it. I mean, when you see 16 names listed in one day, you know the paces are taking this very seriously. They know a heck of a lot more than us, but these names are intriguing. And I gotta ask you, did you see Roy Hibbert uh, vouching, um, you know, for Becky Hammond? I did. I did see that. Still follow, uh, you know, Roy Meets World on Twitter. Um, Roy Hibbert, you know, always, always nice to see him kind of come out of his shell a little bit on social media for a while. He was non-existent, but yeah, going to, going to Becky, um, here's the thing. Obviously, look, it's going to be a huge story, you know, when the first woman, you know, head coach is hired and she is definitely in the driver's seat for that position. Um, little credentials for Becky. She's, she's been with the Spurs since 2014. Um, she's had... One of the most decorated, you know, women athletes in basketball, like that, that there could possibly be. Um, you know, she's a champion pretty much everywhere. I mean, you're talking about the summer league champion, you know, in Las Vegas summer league back in 2015. I always like to see that type of stuff because that's her full like first experience being a head coach, and it worked out. I trust anyone from the pop coaching tree now. I'm not saying that everyone's been great that's coming from underneath him, but there's a lot of people that have ended up coming from that tree that have gotten head coaching jobs. I feel like she is probably ready for a head coaching job. Are the Pacers ready to hire her? We'll see. We've seen them before, as we talked about on this podcast. 
dip into the waters of you know they tried out the first the first didn't they host the first ever workout for for a woman basketball player i think back in the 70s yeah. 80s so they're yeah. not afraid of anything like that i believe they also hired the first women assistant general manager so Kelly, you know, yep. yep so they've gone that route before so i believe that she's probably going to strongly be in like a top 3 running so you know pacer fans you know that's someone that you kind of have to be considering strongly. I, I know in the beginning when I saw it on Twitter, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think that that was probably going to pick up as much steam as it did. But it definitely feels like there's something real there. Uh, my gut, there's just something about Dan Craig in Miami that I really like. I really okay, do. Okay, Punch. Uh, you th- felt I think, this way about Brogdon last year. Yep, yep. And I just, I think I want to kind of plant my flag there as, as that's a guy I'm putting my stamp of approval on. I, I feel <laughs> okay. like Miami, I mean, we don't know what might have been directly his influence or what could be Spolstra's influence. But let's not forget about the Pat Riley influence that also comes over all of these guys. Pat Riley yeah. is a living legend. And if you could learn anything under him you're better off. So I really like what's going on. I think Dan Craig probably gets a head coaching job, maybe regardless this year, if it's with the Pacers. Oh, or not. wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Man, bold take there. Fudge. I'm not ready to give take. a take yet. Feeling bold today. <laughs> who are your, well, as we close this out here, Fudge, who are your top three heading into, uh, as, I guess right now where you're at, who are your top three from this coaching I, I'd, candidate? I'd say Dan Craig, um, I put Becky Hammond in either a two or a three spot, and I, I want to at least give Chauncey Billups that interview and, and some solid um, consideration there. Because I'm not gonna lie, I I was a Kenny Atkinson guy, but if Brooklyn wanted to get rid of them as soon as they did before even trying it out with Durant and Kyrie, then they they clearly felt that he wasn't the man for the job. So, and I also haven't heard that much on him getting other interviews lately, which is kind of a little strange. So. I'm going to go with Dan Craig, Becky, and Chauncey Billups. Becky and Chauncey, I think, are on. Uh, I'm going to give Becky the edge due to experience. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to still put Dan Tony at the top for me just because I like to kind of know what I'm getting into. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not doing any research. So I just think that offensively Dan Tony is really, really fun and can, can make this team fun. I don't think they're going to blow the roster up completely like the Rockets have been. So I don't – I don't necessarily buy into the Pacers are going to go five guards, basically, or five wing players. But I do think that he could bring something interesting here. And his name was the first one mentioned for reasons, but his name's been floating around for a while. So, you know, that's kind of – I'm not sure what to think about that because he's probably trying to get his name out there, knowing he probably would not be back with the Rockets after this season. And it doesn't look good for them against the Lakers so far right now. And then for my number two, I'm going to go with Chauncey Billups. It's probably a prisoner of the moment type of thing, but – I'm intrigued. I, I think that I like he's a former player. I think the fact that uh, he was a winner. I mean, the guy got traded for Allen Iverson and made the Nuggets better. And you know, Allen Iverson is a, a legend of his own, right? It's just wherever he went, winning basketball followed. Now, he was a great leader wherever he went. Does that translate onto the court um, as a coach? I think it could, you know. When I see him, I kind of get Doc Rivers vibes, and uh, maybe that's just me, but that's kind of what I feel. And, um, you know, if he was going to be a, a paired up with Ty Lue, someone that's been well-respected and got the Cavaliers their first championship, I think he makes sense. And then 
Uh, for number three, I'm going to go with Dan Craig as well. I like Dan Craig a lot. He seems like a guy that comes from a very similar background, like you said, to Spolster, but same for Frank Vogel. He kind of went up the same ranks as well as a video coordinator and that type of thing. And I, I don't want to disrespect Becky Hammond because I feel like people are like, oh, why don't you have Becky in there? I think Becky's intriguing. So um, she's probably in my top five. There's no doubt about that. But I'm just curious, like, if the Pacers are worried about getting a coach that relates to players, how would she relate to the players? Pau Gasol came out and said that he loved her as a coach. But Pau Gasol comes from a different era. You know, he doesn't come from today's generation uh, of guys that, that need to be coddled and need to be told how great they are 24-7. So I'm just – I'm not sure how she would in that role do that. Not saying that she couldn't do well, but I'm just curious – how she would do and i'm not sure if it would be better than some of the other names mentioned so that's just my two cents flash i hope people don't take it too seriously but um a lot of names to keep an eye on though a lot of names and, and you know i was so high on dan tony last week i still am i feel like maybe just maybe just because you can't really talk about interviewing that much with you know definitely be tampering since he's still coaching right now i would definitely put him in my if i could redo my list i'm, I'm probably putting him Probably put him in that three spot. I feel like I'm probably put him in. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Dan Craig, Mike D'Antoni, and then Becky and Chauncey right over there. I think you made a great point um, with the being able to relate to players. I, I think it's one thing where guys. I mean, it's tough to say uh, when you haven't played in the NBA. I know she was great in the WNBA. When you haven't played in the NBA, it, it, it gets tough. I know Dan Craig hadn't, but it's like. I don't know. It, it, it's an uncharted territory right now. Um, I think Becky's very respected. She has the credentials, but it all comes down to if players are going to completely buy in. So I'd, I'd like, like to, well, I'd like to see just, her get a let, shot. Let's just say it. Like, we're not trying to be rude. This is I'm just not, us yep. thinking outside the box, but how will players react to a female coach? It's a totally different dynamic. It is. We um, haven't seen it before. We haven't. No, and that there's probably reasons to why she has not been hired yet because of that dynamic. I mean, it's um, we're an evolving world, and I'm proud of the world that we're a part of, mm-hmm. Flash. There's no doubt about it. We're very accepting. There's a lot of female coaches all across different sports, but they're not given head coaching jobs where men are the only players in the league. So how does that, you know, and then you got to think about it too. Why does it work when men coach women's sports? You know, like uh, Gino at uh, UConn, uh, a terrific – women's basketball coach but he's a man why does that dynamic work why wouldn't it work the other way i'm not saying it wouldn't i'm just saying would the players buy into it would there be a a situation where they didn't respect her the same way they'd respect a male and i don't i don't know it's just kind of like playing devil's advocate in a a sense but not really you're just trying to think of reasons that maybe there might be some friction but if players can't you know play for the coach that's hired i mean I say tough. You got to make a decision as a, as a GM. And if the coach isn't working out, you got to move on. And if the players are just being disrespectful and uh, unaccepting because of what gender they are, then I think that's a, that's a player problem. It definitely is. And, and, and I think it, it changes all based on the specific individual. I believe there are a ton of players in the league that would have no problem at all. It's just a matter of, you know, if there's one rotten apple in the group. So you, you never know there. I think the Pacers, I think we should be happy that they are doing their due diligence on what feels like every top assistant or former head coach. So I'm very excited. Change is ahead of us. Uh, I think that the next 
chapter of Pacer basketball could be beginning shortly, and I could be more excited. Absolutely, Flash. Well, thanks for taking time out of your day to get this recorded, and we'll have this episode available for you on Thursday night, Friday morning. Thank you guys so much for checking us out, and um, we appreciate all of our listeners. You guys are the best. Thanks a lot, everybody. At the end of the day, let's go Pacers. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.